Books can take us around the world. They can take us to the intimate spaces of human experiences, and they can help us grow through their words. Stay tuned for People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. Good morning, all. I'm Janice Leibovitz, and you are, as always, our People of the Book. And I have to say, whether you celebrate it or not, Happy Valentine's Day to all. Whether you have a partner, whether you don't celebrate whether you think it is a capitalist plot, but everyone loves someone, friends, family, and most important of all is to love yourself. And when I talk about loving yourself, I'm not talking about um, self-absorption and self-obsession. I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm talking about the self-improvement that everyone strives for. And I'm sure many of you have wondered why the self-improvement and self-help motivational and inspirational sections and departments in the bookshops are growing steadily larger all the time. And I think it's because people are continually looking for that elusive something that is going to click on that light bulb and possibly bring enlightenment into their lives. And I know everyone is looking for something different, whether it's to change something and improve something in their everyday life, kickstart their business, improve their business goals, something like that. And there is a book out there for everyone. So I have done a bit of homework for you, and hopefully there will be something in here that everyone can find to inspire them and motivate them. I know some people like books that are dense reading material. Some people like books that you can just pick up, open up on a page and find something that will just uplift you from the one page that you've read. Some people will read a book from cover to cover, whether it's just a motivational book on life, whether it's a business motivation book, whatever it is. I hope that there is something here that can work for you. So to start off with, I brought in a book. I actually have had this on my bookshelf for I don't even know how many years. It's a tiny little pocket book, and it's called The Little Book of Hope. And it's by Paul Wilson, who also wrote The Little Book of Calm. As I said, a very small little book fits basically in your hand, pocket book. And on each page, there's just a thought. You can open it up one a day. Things like create a hopeful future, it's not worth worrying about, things like that. Things that can just give you one little idea each day to carry with you. And it's a fabulous little inspiring book. And I'll give you a couple of quotes from it after this break. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. And before the break, I was talking about this great little book called The Little Book of Hope by Paul Wilson. And as promised, I have two very brief quotes just to give you an idea of how short the ideas on each page are so that you'll you'll notice that these are little ideas that you can literally open up and take through the day with you. So also leading into the rest of the books that I'll introduce to you today, it'll give you an idea of 
what the self-help journey really is and what it is, what is it about. So the first idea is titled, You Have Choices. As long as you are alive, you have choices. Sometimes they may be difficult to see, or it may take a little creativity to identify them, but they are always waiting to be found. Be on the lookout for them, relish them, make the most of them. And that's pretty much the length of each of these ideas. The second idea is cut yourself some slack. We often add pressure to our day by aiming for artificial standards that we can never hope to meet. Much can be said for having high standards, but you need a sense of being able to accomplish them. Sometimes this might mean relaxing them just a little so that they can remain within reach. And as you see, short little ideas. And this is, in a nutshell, I think the kind of journey and some of the reasons why people often seek these self-help books. People put so much pressure on themselves. Things spiral out of control. They're under so much pressure. And they go and look for something that's going to help them have a bit more self-control on their lives. They don't necessarily want to um, seek outside help, but they want to get some help, some easy reading, or what they consider will be easy reading, in some area or other of their lives where they can ease that pressure, find more time management perhaps, or learn how to make the correct choices and prioritize correctly. So that's the little bit of book of little sorry, the little book of hope by Paul Wilson. The next book also a fantastic gift book that I've had for I think over thirty years, literally. I'm giving away my age once again. And it's called Life's Little Instruction Book. Yes, you didn't know there was such a thing, did you? We always say it's such a pity that life didn't come with an instruction book, and here there is one. It's written by H. Jackson Brown Junior. And it's also not not quite as small as a pocketbook, but it's a little gift size book. It's very cute and literally contains a list of 511 suggestions, observations and reminders on how to live a happy and rewarding life. And how this book originated, uh, it began as a gift to his son, Adam, as he was packing up his life to leave home for college. And this man, his father, decided he was going to um, go into his study and write down a few observations and words of help that he thought his son would find useful on this new journey and this new chapter in his life. So he had read that it wasn't really the responsibility of parents to pave the road for their children, but to provide a roadmap. And I honestly think that's that's really beautiful. That is part of, of what parents are supposed to do. And he hoped that with this, this short list he intended to write out, that his son would hopefully gain some, some insight and some advice on how he could manage his life as a college freshman. And he started writing, and he thought it would take him a couple of hours maybe, and it actually took him days. And... There were pages and pages of these notes, and he typed them up, he put them in a file, and he put them under the front seat of the car, and a few days later, he and his wife packed up the son, all his stuff, and drove him off to college. And they unpacked the car, sent everything off, 
and he invited his son down to come to the car, just the two of them alone, so he could present him with this bundle of papers that he, he had typed up with this list of instructions. And somehow it became eventually this little book. Because a few days after he had dropped his son off and given him this copy, his son phoned him and said that he had been reading the instruction book and said he thought it was one of the best gifts he'd ever received. And is I think that's just wonderful that you write these little bits of insights and instructions for your children and they tell you that that's a wonderful gift and one of the best gifts they've received because our children so often um, shrug off all the advice we give them. They know better and hopefully they will reach a point in their lives where they realize that the advice that we gave them was for their own good and they realized that we were right. So a couple of little ideas from this book. Never deprive someone of hope. It might be all they have leading on from the previous book, Little Book of Hope. That's a nice idea about hope. And um, another one, another idea he had Evaluate yourself by your own standards, not someone else's, which is also a very important point to remember when we go out on our journey trying to self-improve and um, self-help, trying to change our lives in some way, small ways, big ways. Measure yourself by your own standards. Don't compare to others. You are not on their journey. You're on your journey. And, of course, I'd love to hear from you. If there is a book that you've read that's really made a difference in your life, I would love to hear about it. You can always SMS me on 34519. You can send a message on Telegram, 0618951019. Also, of course, we have our High FM Book Club that is up and running. We've um, been sending out books for review and within about a month or so, we will have some of those new reviews in from our book club members. And you can email me at books at com if you are interested in participating in that book club. I would love to hear from you. We are talking self-help and self-improvement books today on this Valentine's Day, where the most important thing is to start with yourself, love yourself, um, and to nurture yourself because if you do not nurture yourself then you really don't have much left to give to others and I know that we do tend to first give to others before giving to ourselves but sometimes we need to learn that giving to ourselves is just as important if not more so so the next book and this has been around for many many years still one of my favorites Richard Carlson, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And according to him, it's all small stuff. So whether you believe that or not, I know we're all different. We all have different levels of anxiety, different stress levels. But this really is an amazing book to help keep you grounded. And I found that when you read it, you, you tend to think, tend to think, hmm, he's actually right. And you know, we tend to make mountains out of molehills. Two of the most important chapters in the book for me, I am going to describe to you after this break. I love it when you read to me. 
This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. We are talking self-help books today on this Valentine's Day because there is nothing more important than nurturing ourselves and helping ourselves to become better people. And I know that lots of people are constantly on that journey for self-help, self-improvement in many areas of their lives, their everyday lives, their business lives. So done a bit of homework and I have some of my own books, some new books, a couple of books that I don't think are out yet, but um, done some research on some of the top self-help books to read this year. So before the break, I was talking about a very old book. It's Richard Carlson's Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And two of what I found to be the most important chapters, and I think they give one a huge mind shift in understanding other people and when dealing with other people, which most of us need to do on a daily basis, no matter what capacity we live and work in. And obviously some people prefer not to be interacting on a daily basis with others in a work capacity, but there always is some level of interaction. And these two chapters that I'm going to briefly describe to you are, I found, completely life-changing when you're able to shift your mind into this way of thinking. The first one is to understand separate realities. And um, he describes, Richard Carlson describes that when you travel to foreign countries or you see them depicted in films, you become vastly more aware of the huge differences among cultures. And the principle of separate reality says that differences among individuals is actually every bit as vast. And just as we wouldn't expect people of different cultures to see or do things as we would, this principle tells us that the individual differences in our ways of seeing the world prohibit this as well. It's not a matter of merely tolerating differences, but of truly understanding and honoring the facts that it literally cannot be any other way. And understanding this principle um, literally does change lives. It can eliminate quarrels and misunderstandings. When you expect to see things differently, um, you take it for granted that, that others are going to do things differently and react differently. So your expectations become different and the potential for conflict becomes lowered. So that is a huge, huge mind-shifting reality. The other chapter in his book, which I find we can all take something from on a daily basis in all our interactions, whether they are social, um, business, whatever interactions we have, is mind your own business. Um, how often do you find yourself saying things like, well, I wouldn't do that if I was her, and I can't believe he did that. Well, you're not her, and well, he did that, and you don't have to believe it or, or otherwise. You're not them. You become frustrated and bothered and concerned with things that you can't control, and you can't you can't help with that. But they're actually none of your business, and it's not a prescription to avoid helping people. It's about knowing when to help and when to leave something alone. And minding your own business goes beyond avoiding the temptation to to solve other people's problems. It, it 
really avoids it, in, it includes the the whole gossiping and talking behind other people's backs and obviously um lashon hara becomes a, a big issue with this and one of the major reasons most of us focus on the shortcomings or problems of others is obviously to avoid looking at ourselves so um when you catch yourself involved where you really don't belong um congratulate yourself actually for having the wisdom and humility to back off and give yourself a couple of seconds or a minute or so to think when you hear about something or when you view a situation just give yourself that minute to think you know i need to mind my own business so that's richard carlson's don't sweat the small stuff and it's all small stuff we are talking self-help books today on this valentine's day because self-help is self-nurture and who not to love if not ourselves I'd love to hear your ideas if there's any particular self-help or motivational books that have helped you and you feel that you should share them and others could also benefit from them. I'd love to hear from you. You can SMS me on 34519 or you can message me on Telegram 0618951019. So here's some books that I did some research on. Did some looking online. I do have a couple of books of them in studio, with me in studio as well. But the first book that I think encompasses um, all the different aspects of self-help, whether it's um, personal lives, business lives, all different areas of self-help, is a book by the name of You Are Awesome. How to Navigate Change, Wrestle with Failure, and Live an Intentional Life. It's by Neil Pasrika. I'm not sure if I pronounced his surname right. Um, His surname is spelled P-A-S-R-I-C-H-A. He is the New York Times million copy best-selling author of the Book of Awesome series and the Happiness Equation. And he is described as a thought leader for the next generation and one of the most popular TED speakers in the world. And I am, I have to admit... Um, a TED lover. I love TED Talks. I love the ones especially because some of them are quite short and quite punchy and sharp. And I, I love TED Talks. So I would suggest maybe looking him up. Um, this apparently is described as a revelatory and inspiring book that will change the way we view failure and help us build resilience. And I found that as a theme when I was researching this. I think in the past... Failure was viewed as something that we didn't talk about. We didn't discuss it. And when we were on a self-discovery journey or a self-improvement journey, failure was something that was meant to be brushed under the rug and not referred to. We failed. That was it. In the past, leave it behind us and move on. But I found that with some of the new books that are coming out, failure is used as a tool to moving forward, which is quite an interesting twist on on the way. It's a, quite an about turn on the way self-improvement was viewed previously. So as Neil Pasrika describes human nature as we are today, he says we are lucky for most of us. Famine, plague, economic depression and other life-threatening catastrophes are the stuff of history books. 
We're living in an era with the highest ever rates of longevity, education and wealth. Cars drive us home as our phones entertain us before we arrive to food delivered to the front door. We have it all. But there's just one side effect. We no longer have the tools to handle failure or even perceived failure. When we fail, we lie on the sidewalk crying. When we spill, we splatter. When we crack, we shatter. We are turning into an army of porcelain dolls. A rude email from the boss means calling in sick. Only two likes on our post means we don't have friends. Cell phones show us we're never good enough. Yesterday's butterflies are tomorrow's panic attacks. Record numbers of students have clinical anxiety. And what about depression, loneliness, suicide? All rising. What do we desperately need to learn? Resilience. And we need to learn it fast. So he claims and he assures us that in this book, You Are Awesome, you will learn the single word that keeps your options open after failure. That's resilience. What every commencement speech gets wrong, three ways to dramatically accelerate your ability to learn and adapt, the two-minute morning practice that helps eliminate worry, why you need an untouchable day and how to get one, we have Shabbat, we're very lucky, and much, much more, because the truth is, you really are awesome. It sounds like a very interesting book, and it's by, as I said, Neil Pasrika, P-A-S-R-I-C-H-A, you are awesome. The next book, um, I think, aimed clearly at women. And this was on pretty much every list that I I looked at. And it's called Girl, Wash Your Face, Stop Believing the Lies About Who You Are So You Can Become Who You Were Meant to Be. And it's by Rachel Hollis. Rachel Hollis is the founder of a site called thechicksite.com. And she helps. Her readers break free from the lies that are keeping them from the joy-filled and exuberant life they are meant to have. She's CEO of her own media company, Chick Media. Um, and she has created an online fan base, hundreds of thousands of people, by sharing tips for living a better life, while fearlessly revealing the messiness of her own. And that's another thing that that is changing in the social media world. I know that, that usually we portray perfection and the fun life and everything's good and it's great and filters and look how beautiful we all are. But that's another thing that's coming through now is look how imperfect we are. Through my imperfections, I will show you how to achieve your own kind of perfection. And I think that, that people like this Rachel Hollis are showing us that what is perfect really? Who says what's perfect? Who dictates that? And this is her first book and it features her signature combination of honesty, humor and direct no-nonsense advice. And each chapter of the book begins with a specific lie that she once believed that left her feeling overwhelmed and unworthy or ready to give up. 
as a working mother, a former foster parent and a woman who's dealt with insecurities about her body and relationships, she speaks with the insight and kindness of a best friend. She helps women unpack the limiting mindsets that destroy their self-confidence and keeps them from moving forward. And um, she admits to a temporary obsession with marrying Matt Damon to a daydream involving hypnotic iguanas including her son's request that she buy a necklace to be like all the other moms. She holds nothing back. She has unflinching faith and tenacity, and she spurs other women to live with passion and hustle and to awaken their slumbering goals. This one to me sounds fabulous. I would go out and get this one because it sounds great. She sounds amazing. And this is Girl, Wash Your Face. Stop believing the lies about who you are so you can become who you were meant to be by Rachel Hollis. The next one is a book called The Happiness Hack. The Happiness Hack. How to take charge of your brain and program more happiness into your life. By Ellen Petrie Lenz. And with all the hype about spending time off your devices, telling your children to spend time off your devices, move away from your devices. They are harming us. They are the devil. They are evil. Um, here comes Ellen Lenz. And again, not sure if I'm pronouncing the surname correctly. It's L-E-A-N-S-E. And she has worked for years with the biggest technology titans that fight for our attention, including Apple, Facebook, Google and Microsoft. And she worked with programming habits that revolved around our devices. By mapping how the mind works, innovators like Ellen are able to ingrain habits for all of us revolving around our technology. But what if we could instead create habits that revolve around happiness? This is claiming to be a refreshing practical book where she teaches us proven methods to hack your mind in order to stop living your life on autopilot, reclaim focus for the things that matter, have more time to do things you love, create real connections to the world around you, and most importantly, reduce stress. By the end of the happiness hack, you'll be back in control of your mind and living the life you wish to live. Only you can define your happiness. So take control today. That is the happiness hack how to take charge of your brain and program more happiness into your life by Ellen Petrie Lenz. And I'm quite fascinated to know how she would take these programming habits of our devices and use that to reduce our stress and give us happier lives. Um, another book about using our failure being and using that to become the key to success is The Upside of Down, Why Failing Well is the Key to Success. And clearly this is this is now the key to, to success and failure. It's by Megan McArdle, and she says that most new products fail, and as do many small businesses. Most of us, when we're honest, have experienced a major setback in our personal or professional lives, so what determines who will bounce back and follow up with a home run? Megan McArdle argues that in this hugely thought-provoking book, you have to learn how to harness the power of failure. 
She's a popular business blogger, and she's covered the rise and fall of some of the world's top companies, and she's challenging people to think differently about how they live, learn, and work. She she uses cutting-edge research in science, psychology, economics, and business, and she takes insights from turnaround experts, emergency room doctors, venture capitalists, child psychologists, bankruptcy judges, and mountaineers. So a huge variety of diverse people, professionals, and, you know, to, to draw from them on how failures have assisted them in then succeeding. She argues that in America, there is a unique willingness to let people and companies fail, but there's also that determination to let them pick up after the fall. It's how people and businesses learn How do you reinvent yourself when you are down? This is the upside of down. Why failing well is the key to success. It's by Megan McArdle. The next book is by Shonda Rhimes. And if you are of a certain age, such as I am, you will remember a TV show that we all adored, Monday Nights, Ali McBeal. I'm not going to sing the theme song, I promise you. Um, Shonda Rhimes wrote this fabulous book based on a year in her life, and she's called it The Year of Yes. It is a hilarious and deeply intimate call to arms. She's one of Hollywood's most powerful women. She's um, mega talented. She created Grey's Anatomy as well, um, of course, much more up to date than what I was talking about. She reveals how saying yes changed her life. And how it can change yours too. She had a lot of good reasons to say no when invitations arrived. Hollywood party, no. Speaking engagement, no. Media appearances, no. And it's hard to believe that someone who was such a big shot in Hollywood said no to everything. She describes herself as hugging the walls at social events. And experiencing panic attacks. And then her sister actually said to her, you never say yes to anything. And she realized that her sister was right. And she took that one word, yes, and said she committed to saying yes to everything that came her way for one year. And she now inspires readers everywhere to change their own lives with that one little word. I love it. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. We are talking self-help books today. And if you have read a self-help book or a book that has inspired and motivated you to change your life in small ways, in big ways, and you feel that our listeners need to know about that, please SMS me on 34519 or message me on Telegram 06189. 51019. Love to be able to share the name of that book with the rest of our listeners so that we can also improve our lives. So before the break, I was telling you about The Year of Yes, which was written by Shonda Rhimes. And similar to that is a book whose title I just love. It's Sorry I'm Late, I Didn't Want to Come. One Introvert's Year of Saying Yes. And I'm sure that there are so many of us who have felt this way when we've been invited somewhere. 
And that's exactly how Jessica Pan, the author, has felt. And this is about an introvert who spent a year trying to live like an extrovert with hilarious results and who has advice for readers along the way. And the funniest thing was I read a comment about this book who said, when is an extrovert going to attempt to spend a year like an introvert and then write a book about it? And that's quite an interesting concept because you don't find extroverts trying to spend a year living like an introvert, do you? But Jessica Pan wanted to know what would happen if a shy introvert lived like a gregarious extrovert for one year. If she knowingly and willingly put herself in perilous social situations that she'd normally avoid at all costs. And Jessica Pan decided to find out. She went out and looked for various extrovert mentors and set up a series of personal challenges, such as talking to strangers, performing stand-up comedy. Um, I think that is a bit out of my comfort zone and probably out of most people's comfort zone. I think that public speaking itself is way off the charts for the majority of people. They would rather do many other weird and wonderful things, anything to avoid standing up in front of a room full of people and speaking. So, yeah, she set herself, that was one of her challenges, to perform stand-up comedy, host a dinner party, travel alone, make friends on the road, and much, much worse. She wanted to explore whether living like an extrovert could teach her lessons that might improve the quality of her life. So this book chronicles the author's hilarious and painful year of misadventures. And it also explores what happens when an introvert fights her natural tendencies, takes the plunge, and tries, and sometimes fails, to be a little braver. This is Sorry I'm Late, I Didn't Want to Come. One Introvert's Year of Saying Yes by Jessica Pan. The next book, and I know it's controversial, which is why I included it, because why not? The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, The Japanese Art of Decluttering and Organizing by Marie Kondo. And it was translated by Kathy Hirano. I know many, many people have watched her shows. She is spoken about a lot, um, not always positively. And despite constant efforts to declutter your home, do papers still accumulate like snowdrifts and clothes pile up like a tangled mess of noodles? So Marie Kondo is a Japanese cleaning consultant and she takes tidying to a whole new level, promising that if you properly simplify and organize your home once, you'll never have to do it again. And I know I have heard about people who have used this method and swear by it. They say it has worked. I mean, it's, it's like tough love. It's worked. It has changed their lives, changed their homes, changed their living space. And most methods advocate a room-by-room room or a little-by-little little approach, which doom you to pick away at your piles of stuff forever. But her method, which is dubbed the KonMari method, with its revolutionary category-by-category category system, leads to lasting results. And apparently, 
she claims that none of her clients have lapsed and she still has a three-month waiting list. She has detailed guidelines for determining which items in your house spark joy and which ones don't. And this is an international bestseller. I have to be very serious with you. I cannot deal with any person who says that I cannot keep more than 30 books. I mean, seriously, does, is she mentally ill? I, no, that is her, her statement on books, that you should not have more than 30 books in your possession at any one time. That is the end of it for me and Marie Kondo. That is the life-changing magic of tidying up the Japanese art of decluttering and organizing. So the next two books are more business orientated, um, fascinating books, apparently very different from the previous um, kind of dense and intense business books and business motivational books that, that have been coming out. But I think we are moving more towards very more open-minded and alternative business methods and business changing methods in recent years. And this book is called Creativity Inc. I-N-C as in incorporated. Overcoming the Unseen Forces that Stand in the Way of True Inspiration by Ed Catmull and Amy Wallace. And if you've heard the name Ed Catmull, and if that sounds familiar to you, he's the co-founder, was the co-founder, along with Steve Jobs and John Lasseter of Pixar Animation Studios. And this is an incisive book about creativity in business. And it will appeal to readers of Daniel Pink, Tom Peters, Chip and Dan Heath. And it's a book for managers who want to lead their employees to new heights and a manual for anyone who strives for originality. And this is the first ever all-access trip into the nerve center of Pixar animation, into the meetings, the postmortems, the brain trust sessions, where some of the most successful films in history were made. And for people who obviously are in more creative industries, this will be, uh, I think, a Bible for them. And because for nearly 20 years, Pixar has dominated the world of animation. I, I don't even have to to start. I mean, the films like Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, The Incredibles. I mean, Pixar created all of those. And he reveals the ideals and techniques that have made the studio so widely admired and so profitable. So that's Creativity, Inc., Overcoming the Unseen Forces That Stand in the Way of True Inspiration by Ed Catmull. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I'm right back with self-help books today. And if you have read a particular self-help book that has changed your life and would like to share that with us, please do SMS the title to me on 34519 or on Telegram. Oh six one eight nine five one oh one nine. So the previous book I spoke about was about the Pixar Studios and the creativity story there. The next book also um a rule breaker here and it's called No Rules Rules. Netflix and the Culture of Reinvention. And this is only going to be available in May. 
But I think something that a lot of people are really looking forward to, because who doesn't want to know the story behind the success that is Netflix? It's by Reed Hastings and Erin Mayer. And they say, hard work is irrelevant, be radically honest, adequate performance gets a generous severance, and never, ever try to please your boss. So that in, in itself is an interesting and very different take on business. And they say that these are some of the ground rules if you work at Netflix. They are part of a unique cultural experiment that explains how the company has transformed itself at lightning speed from a DVD mail order service into a streaming superpower with 125 million fervent subscribers and a market capitalization bigger than Disney. That is really incredible. I think this is going to be an incredible story to read. I think it's going to offer huge insight into changing business, changing business minds and attitudes. And I think this is going to be a real, as it's saying, rule breaker. It's called No Rules Rules, Netflix and the Culture of Reinvention. They have unlimited holidays. They've abolished financial approvals. They just offer a fundamentally different way to run an organization, and clearly they've proved it can be done, and they're in tune with a fast-paced world. And this book will make the Netflix inner workings and its creator fully accessible for the first time. So I think that's one to really look out for. It's going to be available in May of this year. So... For those looking to change things up in the business world, I think that that's one to look out for. No self-help book discussion would be complete without one of my favorites in this area, and that is Brené Brown. And one of the best books that I can suggest from her is probably Rising Strong. And it talks about, she talks a lot in most of her books about vulnerability and how recognizing vulnerability is what makes you brave enough to rise strong against anything that comes your way and any walls that you might come up against and any adversity that you might come across in all aspects of your life. The physics of vulnerability are simple. She says if we are brave enough, often enough, we will fall. She is obviously the author of Daring Greatly, The Gifts of Imperfection, and she is one of the world's most popular TED speakers. And like I said before, I do love TED speakers. I love TED Talks. So if you don't know Brene Brown, I suggest you look her up. She is fantastic. She calls, she gives great, the greatest calls to courage, rising strong, and she gives practical, down-to-earth Ways for clearing paths to deeper meaning, wisdom, and hope as well. Um, the next book I have for you, and I mean, we could go on forever about this, because really, as I said earlier, the self-help and motivational sections in our bookshops are growing all the time, because there are people out there always looking for something and striving for something, whether it's in their daily lives, family lives, relationships, business, there's something out there for everyone. And this book caught my eye. It's called Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. It's about a therapist, her therapists, and our lives revealed. And it's being developed into a TV series, 
with Eva Longoria of Desperate Housewives and and ABC. They're creating this into a TV series. This is from a New York Times best-selling author. Her name is Laurie Gottlieb. She's a psychotherapist, a national advice columnist, um, a hilarious, thought-provoking and surprising new book that takes us behind the scenes of a therapist's world where her patients are looking for answers, and so is she. So one day this Laurie Gottlieb was helping her patients, and then a crisis caused her world to crash down. And she then had to have a totally different look at her life. Um, she became the patient and she became the therapist, which was a totally new and different thing for her. She had to rethink everything. We've been talking self-help books today, and I hope that on this Valentine's Day, I've given you something to think about, about self-nurturing and self-love. I hope I've given you some titles that you'd like to look at. And I hope that you enjoy the rest of your Valentine's Day. Have a great week, everyone. And I look forward to hearing what you're reading.